Want to know the biggest mistakes that we have made as business owners? Today, we're bearing all and sharing those mistakes so you don't make the same mistakes that we did. Are you thinking about starting an occupational therapy business but don't even know where to begin? Whether you're starting something on the side or going full-time in your business, the OTpreneur podcast is what you need. This show will help you get in the right mindset and give you actionable tips to go from just an idea to OTpreneur. I'm Sarah Putt, and with me is my fellow USC alum co-host, Jason Davies. Hello, hello. How are you doing, Sarah? I am doing really well today, Jason. And, you know, I wanted to share just kind of a little fun fact about how you and I met. Because <laughs> I think it's, it's pretty fun and it's kind of unique. But I wanted to give yeah. a shout out to Alexis Joel because she is... Pretty much, she's the main reason that we met. I'm sure we would have connected at some point later on, but way back in the, in gosh, 2018, I want to say it was the Occupational Therapy Conference of California, right? It was 2018. Mm-hmm. And yep. Alexis had organized this little get together of some people that she had connected with and, and met. And you happened to be there and I happened to be there. And I feel like we talked about podcasting like a majority of that the whole entire time that we were there. Yeah, I think so, because I think I want to say I had just either started podcasting or maybe the idea was in motion, and I think you were kind of thinking about it as well. And so you and I just kind of hit it off because we were talking about podcasting. Yeah. I launched that weekend, like, or I think I actually launched that Monday following the conference. So the entire conference, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm launching a podcast. And I was like, super nervous and super excited about it. So yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize it was like that close to your launch. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought you were still in the planning phases, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing because that was six years. Wow. Oh my goodness. Five, six years ago. Can't even. Yeah. That's just insane. Cause now we have both gone through it together and we've overcome fears. Like we've talked about, we have uh, made mistakes oh that we're going to talk about today. We've had lots of wins and now we're here recording a podcast together to help other people do the same thing. The same exact, you know, conceiving of a business that we were doing together in a little cafe six years ago. Again, you mentioned her already, but thank you, Alexis, for just kind of bringing us together. That group has uh, stuck together, you know, and, and we've done a lot together. Yeah, yeah. We've come a long way. And I like that you brought up the mistakes because, you know, it has been it has been many years and there have been quite quite a bit, quite a lot of mistakes. And I feel like part of being an OTpreneur is really kind of putting yourself out there. And there's a lot of learning and like we've been talking about, there's a lot of mistakes and it's really all part of the game. It's all part of the game of OT entrepreneurship. And to be honest, I have made a lot of mistakes <laughs> over the years as being a business owner. And I know that I will continue to make them as I grow. But, you know, let me tell you, I feel like every mistake that I make, I learn something from it. I either learn a lot or I learn a little, just a little tidbit from that mistake that I made. And ultimately, I feel like I become better than I was before that mistake happened. And I'll give another little shout out here. I love <laughs> Laura Park Figueroa. She's said this all the time. I love that she calls mistakes or failures. She calls them fail learns. And I've really tried to adapt that as part of my <laughs> as, as part of my kind of framework because yeah, we make a mistake, but we learn from it and it teaches us something and ultimately it makes us better in the long run. And I think sometimes the value that you can get from making a mistake can be can have a huge impact on your OTpreneur journey. 
So, Jason, what was your biggest mistake that you made as an OTpreneur? Yeah, you know, this is a hard question because there have just been so many. And I don't know that this is the biggest mistake I made. Like I said, there have been many. Uh, but one that has really resonated with me recently, a mistake that I made, was the idea of hiring a contractor to come on to help me in my business. And not that that's a mistake in itself, but I did that before I was necessarily ready to. And that's the mistake. You know, you hear a lot about, oh, hiring a VA to help you do this, to help you do that, to help you just make your life easier so you can focus on the key aspects of your business without having to worry about replying to people's emails or editing your podcast and doing some of those things that just take up time. Even if you enjoy them, they still take up time. And so eventually it's nice if you can kind of unload those to someone else who is a better at it than you potentially does it in less time than you and just helps you. But going back to the mistake part of this, if you're not ready to do that, then it can harm you more than it can help you. And so I've actually, the reason it's been on my <laughs> mind a lot recently is because I've made this mistake more than once. <laughs> and so Jason's um, bearing it all right now. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's 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 hard to you feel like you're so good at something, you master something, and then to pass that on to someone else, it is so tough because you know the level that you're doing it and to be honest, no one can do it at the level that you can because you're the business owner and you 100% are in tune with everything with your business. And that person just isn't going to. They they do not care as much about your business as you do. And they never will because it's your business. They want to help you and they want to earn an income, but they will never be, they, they don't have your brain and they don't necessarily have um, your just, just trust, faith, whatnot in the business. So it was a big mistake. And some of the things that some of the specific areas that I've had tr troubles with with this is I've tried to bring on contractors to help with social media. I've tried to bring on contractors to help with email responses because you start to get a lot once you have an online business. I've tried to have someone come on to help with like researching different ideas for podcast episodes, for blogs and and whatnot. And it has been tough. Like it really has been because I didn't put a plan in place. If I can't control my own inbox in my email, then <laughs> the VA is not going to be able to do it either unless A, they come with a lot of experience already doing that, or B, you show them exactly how you want to do it. And that takes time in itself. And you really need to know what you're doing in order to show someone how to do it. So all of that in a nutshell, I would say that that was kind of one of my biggest mistakes and something that I'm still working on. Now, on the flip side, I have successfully, and I'll give a shout out to Chandler. Chandler is kind of my producer for the OT Schoolhouse podcast at this point. She is an occupational therapy student, so she understands OT, and she helps with basically finding and organizing guests for the podcast. And her and I work really well together. That's something that just has worked. And that's because it probably works so well because I had already published 90 <laughs> episodes of a podcast <laughs> before I brought her on. So I really understood the process. And so I was able to share that with her. So 
again, like just to kind of sum this up, if you're going to reach out to have a VA, whether it is a US based VA, a VA based in the Philippines, a VA based in India, wherever they might be, you really need to be organized and understand exactly what you want help with and how you're going to train them in doing that. Otherwise, it's going to potentially cause more headaches than help. And so we often start a business because we want to save time, but that may not be the case with a VA unless you really invest some time into it. Have you ever used a VA or anything, Sarah? Not not really. Um, I have had help, but I wouldn't actually say that they were like VAs. I just had some like volunteer help. They were pre-OT students and they were doing some work for me for volunteer hours and kind of learning some of the backside of social media and blog writing and a lot of these skills uh-huh. that I think are really important for pre-OT and OTA students. OT and OTA students currently, and also practitioners to kind of develop. And so I I did this for a few months and it actually, it worked out really well. But then of course I, you know, ended up giving birth and kind of taking a little break and I wasn't able to manage it all because it actually does take a fair bit of management on our end, on, you know, on the business owner end to make sure that you are telling your team what it is that you want mm-hmm. for them to do, explaining what the expectations are, and then making sure that they're following through on it. And so it just, it was working. And then there was so much going on in my plate that I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't handle this right now. But I, I love the idea that you just brought up about this, like this whole time piece, because I think a lot of people think that they can save time by bringing on a team, whether it's a VA or, you know, some some other type of assistant or team member. And while that is true, it takes time. It really takes time, especially with some of these more complex tasks, or if it's a new task that that person's going to be doing that they don't have familiarity with doing. And my question to you is, Jason, do you feel like, because I, I know my answer to this, and I guess this is like a selfish question, because I totally know what <laughs> I would say. But when you've gone about kind of bringing on people to your team, do you realize the own loopholes in your systems or maybe lack thereof? I'm calling myself out on here for lack of systems. Is that something that has been highlighted to you? <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And like, you almost have to bring on a VA to just like, almost follow you around virtually on your computer (laughs) just to lay out everything that you actually do because you don't, you do so many things that you don't even realize you actually do them. And when you have a VA, you really have to, or we're using the term VA virtual assistant, but it can be an in-person assistant, but either way, you really have to lay out step by step because again, they don't have your brain. You know, AI, artificial intelligence is helping a lot with that now and we'll save that for another episode. But yeah, there's, you just find the loopholes, the things that, that maybe you don't even do every time because you don't have your own checklist. And so you start to develop that checklist. Things become more consistent. But as Sarah mentioned, it really takes a lot of time. And if you are a business owner, if you are thinking about potentially you know, bringing on someone to support you, I have had luck with OT students, occupational therapy students, whether it's an OT student or an OTA student. I have had a lot of, uh, I shouldn't say a lot, I've only had a few experiences, but I have had success with OT, OTA students because they understand occupational therapy. You know, you can teach them the business side of things that they need to learn, but at least they understand the OT side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the perspective that they bring to the table is also really interesting too. And I learned that I called them my OT for life ambassadors. So shout out to you girls, if you're listening. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like 
they brought such a unique perspective to what I was asking them to do. And I gave them some freedom and coming up with topics and things that they wanted to share about. And that part, it's like starting to understand the profession, but then also that unique perspective that they bring to the table is is truly, truly special. So, And they might also better understand technology than you. And so they might be able to help with the technology side. Now, I want to jump into yours, but I want to say one more thing when it comes to bringing on an employee or VA contractor, whatever it might be. I'm sure you know this even or just as well as I do is when you're teaching someone and when you're becoming a leader of a team, the way that you actually put out your expectations is so important because there are people that over expect, they give too high demands for some people to then follow through. Personally, me, I have found that I tend to be on the opposite end of that. I am the type of person that says, Hey, I have a social media account. I just want you to kind of run it. (laughs) But then they don't know what to do with that. And then they just, they fail, right? (laughs) Exactly. Because I haven't given them the correct expectations. I haven't given them guidance. And so you got to kind, you got to find that sweet medium for you where you're not like controlling every single piece of what every Instagram image looks like, but you're also giving them guidelines. Maybe you're giving them templates. Maybe you're, You've got a notion board just full of ideas that they can turn into images. So you've got to kind of find that that sweet point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, Sarah, we, we spent some time on mine. I don't know. You have anything left to say or are you ready to jump in on yours? Oh, I always have more to say. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, and I'll, I'll keep this short, but I think with with my private practice, I've had so many students and volunteers come through that that was like my first initial and and I should say also bringing on employees and independent contractors. Those were my first initial like attempts at building this team and learning about how I portray expectations and what I want them to accomplish and and goals and all this kind of stuff. So it's gotten a little bit easier. I mean, there's, of course, with everybody, you have to learn their learning style and, and, and how they will accomplish tasks. It's not everybody works the same way. But I feel like over the years, I've had some experience working with various people. And so now it's kind of like, okay, how do you operate? Do you, should we set, should we set kind of benchmarks of like, you're going to hit this on this and this and this, or do we just kind of say, we're going to have all of this done by X, Y, and Z date or anything like that. And so it's really working with that other person of like figuring out how they work best. And then also learning how you convey (laughs) your expectations and and what you hope to accomplish as well. And also letting go of some of that control, because I think that is, that's a hard part (laughs) as a business owner, for sure. And you might be surprised by what happens when you do let go of a little bit of control, because as you mentioned, they bring in a perspective. And especially if they are a long time you know, listener of your podcast, or if they are someone that has followed you for a long time, whatever it is that you're doing, they might kind of best know what you're not doing Mm -hmm. or what you should be doing because they listen to your podcast, they watch your YouTube videos, and they think, man, I wish Jason would have done this right here. And they can bring that perspective to you that you might not otherwise otherwise get. So great. All right, let's move on to your mistake. And I'm going to enjoy this one because I'm going to learn from it. So Sarah, let's let's hear your mistake that you made. 
Okay, ready? Ready for my mistake. So my, I would say one of my biggest mistakes actually happened right in the very, very beginning before my business actually even became a business. I had this idea. I had been talking to a lot of my friends. They are not occupational therapy practitioners. They are not in healthcare, but they had their own businesses. And they they had businesses in California, which I know we've touched on in episodes. California has some very distinct rules and logistics about starting and running a business. So I'll leave that there. There's a whole lot more to, di- to dig into that. But so I had been talking to my friends and they were like, here you go. This is what you're going to do. You're just, all you got to do is go to LegalZoom or an online legal website. It's like at the time, I don't know what it is now, but at the time they're like, it's like 50 bucks. And all you got to do is set up an LLC. And I was like, sweet. That sounds simple enough. <laughs> so I remember like one night I got home from work and I'm like, I guess it's time to do this. And I fire up my computer and log into LegalZoom and I'm clicking through everything. And I already had my name and everything that I was going to do. And I get to this one page and here's here's the mistake, which actually ended up kind of being a blessing in disguise. But it basically was like, if you are certified in order to practice whatever it is that you do in the state of California, you cannot have an LLC, period, end, nothing else. And I was like, wait, 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 all of my friends told me I have to get an LLC and now you're telling me I can't get an LLC? What What does this mean? Like, what? where do I go from now? And I remember like sitting there and just being like, well, can I even start a business? Like, I, I don't even know. And I really yeah. quickly, I remember that same exact moment because I did the same exact thing at first. I went to LegalZoom and I saw that LLC little disclaimer. I was like, now what? So <laughs> yeah. what did you do? What does it mean? What does it mean? Uh, and so I think that night I stressed about it and I probably lost some sleep over it. Like I want to start this practice and I can't have an LLC, but everyone told me to do an LLC and I didn't know anything else. I didn't even really even know what an LLC was at that point. Like there, there's the first mistake. I should have learned what that actually was and what it actually meant. And so I, it, it took me some time, but I started kind of digging into just some of the resources and digging into Google and trying to figure out, like, why can't I have an LLC? And ultimately, it led me to finding a local attorney. And I ended up going through her, partnering with her, and having her help me set up my business. And through that, and through some of the work that I was doing, I learned that I couldn't have an LLC because of California state rules and state laws. But what I could set up is an S-Corp, which is what my private practice is even today. And so that was a big mistake, even though, you know, nothing was like set in stone. Like, it's not like I had paid anything or anything had happened. Like, I just couldn't, (laughs) I couldn't follow through with what I thought that I was going to be able to actually start my business that night. And it probably took me Gosh, it probably took me weeks, maybe even a month or two after that, because I had to set up set up the time to meet with the attorney and kind of like run through my practice. But I am so thankful that I did that because it really made me take a deep dive into understanding legal entities and what is an LLC? What is an S-Corp? What is a C-Corp? What is a PLLC? All these kind of terms that a lot of times get thrown out and some people may or may not actually understand that. And I think maybe later on, maybe some episodes down the road, we'll actually dig into what some of the, what some of these terms are. But it really made me realize that I need to I need to know more before I just kind of like dive in and and just <laughs> jump off the deep end, basically. 
Yeah, and you know, we've talked in past episodes about how you don't need an MBA, and <laughs> that's still true. You don't need an MBA, but we've also talked about just-in-time learning, and that is something that you might want to learn about just in time <laughs> before you go start an LLC or a PLLC, as it's called, a professional LLC. Uh, so... Yeah, that would be a great episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe we can get a yep. lawyer on or something to help us out with that. That's That'd what be I was awesome. thinking. So. Yeah, because yeah. you and I, we are not experts in the legal entities. We just, we know, you know, we know enough that has kind of helped us guide our practice and how we've set ever set our businesses up. So when it comes to our mistakes, you know, we've all been there. We've all made them. Uh, and we will continue to make them, as we've said already several times. But the biggest thing is that we learn from them. And I will say this right now. I've talked about my mistake of hiring a VA. Well, guess what I'm doing tomorrow? I'm actually interviewing a VA tomorrow, actually. So I have been very carefully considering exactly what tasks I'm going to delegate and exactly how that will be handled. So just learn from your mistakes. You know, Sarah learned from her mistakes. She figured out she couldn't have an LLC. She needs to go the S-Corp way for you. It might be something different for me. It was working with a VA. So, um, Sarah, you want to want to wrap us up, or you have any last words? Yeah, I mean, I think it's mistakes are going to happen. Just be aware that throughout this entire process, like even just as OT practitioners, right? Even as OT and OTA students, we make mistakes. Things happen, and then especially when you kind of enter into this new world of OTpreneurship, there's a lot more that you are learning. There's a lot of things that you might not have a lot of experience or a lot of knowledge or a lot of familiarity with. And so, of course, when you are learning something new, for instance, I actually just started doing kickboxing. Oh, I make mistakes all the time all the time. And then I feel like I finally get some sort of like punch or kick down. And then another one of the trainers is like, oh, you need to do this with your hip or you need to do this, like shift your weight here. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) when we are learning something new, a lot of mistakes can happen. But I think it's being aware that these mistakes can happen and also figuring out what we can take away from those mistakes and how can those mistakes help us continue, push us forward, what we can learn from it, and really how how we can be 1% better the next, the next day or the next time or anything like that. And so realizing that mistakes happen, and it's okay, we can we can own up to it. And actually, I am, I'm gonna, I'm gonna own up to a mistake here, Jason, I haven't even told you about this, but this is a mistake. Oh, this is a mistake about OTpreneur. <laughs> I almost skirted out of the episode without without revealing this. But okay, so Jason and I we had recorded one episode and then we came back to record another two. And they were great. All these episodes were great. And I'm going back and I'm working on some of the editing and I'm listening to my audio and I'm like, what is wrong? What is wrong with my audio? Well, I had started using a new recording platform, and Jason knows this. We we started using Riverside, which was brand new to both of us. I had been a guest on people's podcasts using it, but I'd never been a host on it. And it doesn't automatically connect to my mic like my previous one did. It doesn't automatically connect to my camera. And so, yeah, the a couple of our episodes that we were recorded right in the beginning was not actually using my mic. It was using my computer audio. So, I'm owning it. I'm telling Jason for the first time right now. <laughs> yeah, I had never heard this. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> and so, what 
what I ended up doing is I was like, okay, I have this, I can fix it. And I was like kind of racking my brain trying to figure out how I could actually fix the audio. And I realized I was like, I can't like it was it was horrible. It was absolutely horrendous audio. And so what I ended up having to do is actually re-record all of my parts for those two episodes and then stitch it all together. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yep. So, I had no idea. Nope. Yep, it was it was a mistake, <laughs> and I was going to tell you a couple weeks ago, and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell you in this episode <laughs> because we're already talking about mistakes anyway. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, I know this is an audio podcast, but I'm like dying over here <laughs> 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 because, like, honestly, like if it were if you would have told me two weeks ago, I would have been like, Sarah, just leave it in there. The show can only get better from here. So, I mean, I'm sure it was probably to the point where that probably wasn't an option, but oh my goodness. Maybe I'll take a little snippet and I'll pop it at the end of this episode. So if people really want to hear how horrible the audio was, it might be there. (laughs) <laughs> little Easter egg. We'll, th- we'll throw that in the end. So, All right. A little bonus mistake for you here today. <laughs> yes. Even though I have recorded probably close to, I don't even know, 175, maybe even close to like 200 episodes with the like being a guest with my own show, with some of the other podcasts that I've been on, I still make mistakes <laughs> to this day. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You made the mistake, figured out a way to correct it, fix the mistake, and we move on. Life moves on. We go forward from there. And I think that's the biggest um, takeaway from this episode. So kudos, (laughs) everyone. You make mistakes, you move on. Exactly. Exactly. It it won't define you. (laughs) We can laugh about it now. And... Yeah, I mean, that's it's just it, it's all part of the process. So yeah, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. And our next episode, this is going to be a real fun one. I'm, I'm super excited to talk about this. We're going to be talking about niche or niche, depending on how you pronounce it, and really the importance, <laughs> the importance of niche. And and really the importance of understanding, figuring out what your ni- what your niche is, understanding what it is, and how. How to actually niche down. So, since the official launch of our podcast, we have actually had a few people reach out with some amazing, like, just support and kind words, encouragement, and some of them actually had some amazing ideas of things that they wanted to hear us talk about in future episodes. So if you are listening and you have a question, you have a comment, and you have something related to OTpreneurship that you are curious about, please reach out to us. You can email us at otpreneur at gmail.com and let us know so we can potentially talk about it in a future episode. We read every single email and we really look forward to hearing from you. We'll catch you in the next episode and over at otpreneur.com. We appreciate you listening to today's episode. Be the first to hear about any OTpreneur news and grab our free guide to OT business models at otpreneur.com. Otpreneur, it's where occupational therapy means business. Want to know the first step you need to take in order to start your occupational therapy business? Is it getting a website, perhaps talking to an attorney, or maybe even doing a little market research on whether your idea is even needed? Well, spoiler 
spoiler alert, it might not be what you think it is. And today we're diving into exactly what that first step is and why it's so important. 